They don't call it the greatest spectacle in motor racing for nothing. Got Inside Motorsport this week, we look back at what is the biggest race in the world. with plenty of late race action and a winner, Juan Pablo Montoya, 15 years after he won his first Indianapolis 500, he backs it up with a second. Yeah, g'day Craig, what a motor race, what a motor race, one of the great 500 and the last 15 laps, probably 15 of the most intense laps of motor racing you'll see all year and some people, Robert Miller, well-known uh, IndyCar journalist who's been there, done it, seen it all, uh, said perhaps 15 of the best laps at the Speedway ever. And that's saying something. It was an intense three-way duel for the lead with Scott Dixon, Will Power and Juan Montoya. And in the end, it was Juan Montoya's bravery and courage that got him across the line. Amazing battle with Scott Dixon for second place within the final 10 laps before he set out after Power and there was this moment, I think it was through turn three, had an enormous wobble and, and a, a double slide. Could have been disaster, could have been in the wall given the, the knife edge that the current Indy cars are running on, but saved it, committed, got the pass and then went after Will Power and Power's team made some changes to his car in the final round of stops that put some understeer in the car. It was really good when it was in clean air, but when he got in traffic, i.e. behind Montoya, it wasn't quite as good and he couldn't quite get there. He fell a tenth short from winning the biggest motor race in the world, but take nothing away from Juan Montoya. He's a, just an awesome racing car driver. One of the great drivers. He's won races in NASCAR. He's won the Monaco Grand Prix and he's won the Indy 500 twice. Has to be considered one of the greats in one of the great races. One of the remarkable parts of the story is on lap one, there was a Sage Coram and Takuma Sato getting involved in an altercation. He was hit from behind lost part of the uh, rear wing, rear dampers set up and dropped back to 30th position. Last car on the racetrack still going around and has driven his way from the back to the front, almost like uh, what we saw at Bathurst last year. Yeah, yeah, it was an awesome drive and it just shows the whole never-say-die committed attitude that he's got and, and also that of, of Roger Penske's team. And, and how, how about Penske Racing? 1-2 in the biggest race in the world, 16th win at the Brickyard, ninth different driver for Penske to win it. Um, the stats go on, first driver to win it for Penske and Ganassi, bearing in mind he won it with Ganassi in the Indy Racing League uh, days in 2000. You know, the stats go on, great for Roger Penske, who maintains and is one of the few team owners in the world to continue to support and endorse his drivers racing each other hard with no team orders, nothing on the line, just go at it, boys, don't take each other out, but race hard and fair, and that's what he and Will Power did at the end of that motor race, and he's got the faith to do that and, and know that they're not going to put the thing in the fence. Yeah, fantastic motor race, really, really good, and, and it was just so pleasing for IndyCar that they got that race through, and it was clean, and the cars didn't flip, and there was no massive dramas, and no injuries, and after the month that they've had, the month from hell on the speedway, um, everything was fine and, and probably proves that there's been a little bit of overreaction in certain elements of the media about everything going on the last month there with all the flips and things like that. So, fantastic motor race, and, and didn't the, the speedway aero kits produce a uh, 
an enormous display of drafting. I think second most lead changes in any Indy 500 ever. So, uh, yeah, what, what a show. What a race. And, of course, uh, the month of May now, punctuated with a race on the road course at the beginning of the month and then finishing it off with the 500. It really does, for the IndyCar series, give them a lot of strength in the month of May. And the best thing for IndyCar now, it's a short season, but it's got momentum from now right through to when it finishes in late August. Um, Doubleheader race in Detroit this weekend on the street circuit, and then they uh, they plough on there up north to Canada and, and a bunch of races in quick succession. Pocono on the, the Tricky Triangle, which will be good fun. So... Yeah, it's got some momentum now, and now the championship becomes the focus. Juan Montoya's pocketed $2.4 million for his victory in the 500, but as he said, um, just a few hours after the race, I'm ready for the next one now and want to go on and win a championship. So um, he's got it focused, but he's going to have to beat Will Power to do it because Will's in pretty good form at the moment. And the interesting thing you mentioned there, going to Detroit, to Roger Penske, the promoter of the Detroit race, and he uses an old V8 supercar model with a race on Saturday and a race on Sunday. Which... Yeah, and it's the only IndyCar race to do that this year. They uh, they dropped the doubleheader at a lot of other events. Uh, I really like it. I think it's brilliant. Two IndyCar races for the price of one. Way to go. And it's a, it's a good V8 super, supercar model. It worked for them for a long time. So, yeah, no, I like it. like it a lot. It's a good event to try. Um, I'd love to go there one day and check it out. Well, bringing it back from the United States of America... Phillip Island was your place of residence over the weekend. And the Phillip Island 101, the Pro-Am for the Carrera Cup and a four-hour Australian production car race all headlining what is becoming a very, very crowded bill in the Shannons Nationals. Yeah, well, super weekend too. And, and just the number of people that commented on the weekend, and there are a lot there, biggest ever crowd at a Shannons Nationals round as well. Uh, a lot of people that just talk to me, how good is this? There's no rubbish, there's no silly politics, just great motor racing, great categories. The V8 drivers that were there, and there were seven of them there racing in GTs and Carrera Cup, were down to earth and relaxed and chilled out and just enjoying their motor racing. And two V8 drivers put on the best show of the weekend. Scott McLaughlin and Nick Perkett had this almighty battle in race one of the Carrera Cup Pro-Am, which was made up of two one-hour races. Uh, they just put on this in- immense show. They traded the, light, the lead three times on track, and then it swapped again at the pit stop when they put their the full-time drivers in, Stephen Grove and Shane Smolin, respectively. Fantastic stuff. Carrera Cup Pro-Am was an immense success and continues to do so. The GT101 just proved how big Australian GT racing is becoming off the back of the 12-hour and the growth of the local championship. There were 35 cars entered. It was a great race. It came down to a final uh, sprint to the line after a safety car and an even better story Greg Creek teamed up with Christopher Meese who a week earlier had won the Nürburgring 24 hour for Audi uh, flew to Australia teamed up with Cricky in a, another Audi R8 LMS and won the 101 by just a second over last year's winners of the same race Garth Tander and Tony Quinn this year driving a McLaren um, five different brands in the top six racing almost into the dark at Phillip Island uh, and it was uh, one heck of a show. Now, this was an interesting one for me because I was enjoying the latter stages of the 101. The officials actually extended the end of the race because it was a time-certain race. There were some other issues earlier in the day which I wasn't familiar with. There were there were just some delays, usual delays you get in a race program, Craig, that bumped the start back by 25 minutes. I don't think they're ever going to get 101 laps in, to be honest, and it's dependent on safety car. And Yeah, they, um, they consulted the powers that be, and... 
In some circumstances, they allow uh, an extension to the care of island, which is very strict, nine to five, no, generally, no exemptions to that. I think they took into the fact that it was a Saturday. Um, they probably went down and talked to the Penguins. I don't know. But they, they got a got an exemption and could run for 15 minutes longer, which was great. And it set up that fantastic finish. So usual delays in the program led to it race starting about 25 minutes later than it was supposed to. There were then a couple of lengthy safety cars in it, which obviously slowed the pace. Really good of Phillip Island operators to go, yep, you can keep running for a little bit longer. And it set up a really, really cool scene there with lights ablaze and much like the early hours of the 12 hour in fact in that that sort of pre-dawn uh light it was sort of the opposite at the end of the day and the lights were taking effect and really really exciting finishes um garth tander hunted down the young german to try and win the race but fantastic show really good race gt's healthy at the moment anywhere you go gd3 is the category to be in and um, Australian GT is absolutely no exception to that. Um, yeah, immense, immense field, and they're uh, they're building the bigger and better things for next year with a proposed endurance series that that, that race may well be part of. Mm, yeah, interesting times ahead. Richard, always a pleasure to catch up with you when the Shannon's Nationals back on the track. Thanks, Craig. We're next racing in two weeks at Winton, so the nationals.com.au's got all the details. And SBS Speed Week, of course, will have all the highlights of this weekend over the course of the coming weeks. Joel in glorious high definition now as well. Richard Crail joining us here on Inside Motorsport. My thanks to him. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.